chests of the two men holding his arms, but at the same time, he stomped the heel of his left boot onto the instep of one of the men holding him. Shaking his left arm free, he swung his body in a sharp arc, driving his cocked elbow into the ribcage of the man holding his right arm. Free for the moment, he put his back against the wall deep in shadow. The four closed ranks, moving in for the kill. The one with the knife stepped to the fore, another slipped a curved scrap of metal over his knuckles. The fight began in earnest with grunts of pain and effort, showers of sweat, smears of blood. Mox was powerful and canny. His reputation was well-deserved, but though he delivered as good as he got, he was facing four determined enemies. When Mox drove one to his knees, another would take his place, so that there were always two of them beating at him, while the others regrouped and repaired themselves as best they could. The four had had no illusions about the task ahead of them. They knew they'd never overcome Mox at the first or even the second attack. Their plan was to wear him down in shifts. While they took breaks, they allowed him none. And it appeared to be working. Bloody and bruised, they continued their relentless assault, until Mox drove the edge of his hand into the throat of one of the four, the one with the homemade knife, crushing his cricoid cartilage. As the man staggered back into the arms of his compatriots, gasping like a hooked fish, Mox grabbed the knife out of his hand. Then his eyes rolled up and he became a deadweight. Blinded by rage and bloodlust, the remaining three charged Mox. Their rush almost succeeded in getting inside Mox's defenses, but he dealt with them calmly and efficiently. Muscles popped along his arms as he turned, presenting his left side to them, giving them a smaller target, even as he used the knife in short, flicking thrusts and stabs to inflict a picket line of wounds that, though not deep, produced a welter of blood. This was deliberate, Mox's counter to their tactic of trying to wear him out. Fatigue was one thing, Loss of blood, quite another. One of his assailants lunged forward, slipped on his own blood, and Mox hammered him down. This created an opening, and the one with a makeshift knuckle duster moved in, slamming the metal into the side of Mox's neck. Mox at once lost breath and strength. The remaining men beat an unholy tattoo on him and were on the verge of plowing him under when a guard emerged out of the murk to drive them methodically back with a solid wood truncheon whose force was far more devastating than any piece of scrap metal could be. A shoulder separated, then cracked under the expertly wielded truncheon. Another man had the side of his skull staved in. The third, turning to flee, was struck flush on the third sacral vertebra, which shattered on impact, breaking his back. What are you doing? Mox said to the guard between attempts to regain control of his breathing. I assume these bastards bribed all the guards. They did. The guard grabbed Mox's elbow. This way. He indicated with the glistening end of the truncheon. Mox's eyes narrowed. That's not the way back to the cells. Do you want to get out of here or not? The guard said. Mox nodded his conditional assent, and the two men loped across the deserted yard. The guard kept his body pressed against the wall, and Mox followed suit. They moved at a deliberate pace, he saw, that kept them out of the beams of the roving spotlights. He would have wondered who this guard was, but there was no time. Besides, in the back of his mind, he'd been expecting something like this. He knew his boss, the head of the Cousin Skaya, wasn't going to let him rot in Colony 13 for the rest of his life, if only because he was too valuable an asset to let rot. 
Who could possibly replace the great Borja Mox? Only one, perhaps, Leonid Arkadin. But Arkadin, whoever he was, no one Mox knew had ever met him or seen his face, wouldn't work for Kazanskaya or any of the families. He was a freelancer, the last of a dying breed, if he existed at all, which frankly, Mox doubted. He'd grown up with stories of boogeymen with all manner of unbelievable powers. For some perverse reason, Russians delighted in trying to scare their children. But the fact was, Mox never believed in boogeymen, was never scared. He had no reason to be scared of the specter of Leonid Arkadin, either. By this time, the guard had pulled open the door midway along the wall. They ducked in just as a searchlight beam crawled across the stones against which, moments before, they had been pressed. After several turnings...